Hey, my name is Jason Byler. I'm the pastor of Life Change Church. Thank you so much for checking out our podcasts. I believe that if you'll listen to them, uh, that you will be blessed. Mark 4 tells us that the Word of God uh, planted down inside of our hearts uh, can bring forth a rich, beautiful, abundant harvest in our lives. This is my desire uh, for you. Uh, so as you listen to the Word, just receive it. Let it get down in your heart. Bring forth a harvest. Thank you so much again for listening. God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. As we uh, continue in through our series this morning, Revelation Blessings, I'd like to uh, go back to Revelation 19 and just pick up uh, where we left off, um, and then we'll, we'll pretty quickly come to a, another uh, blessing, another beatitude uh, in the book of Revelation. Uh, but before we do, let's just have a a reminder of the of the five uh, blessings, the five beatitudes that we have uncovered in the book of Revelation, because uh, something is revealed in them that is very important for us to to talk about and important for us to see. And we have been talking about it, but we need to you know, really really highlight uh, this uh, Revelation one verse three. Uh, we we find two of the Revelation Beatitudes, two of the Revelation blessings. If you remember, you know, that, is the, that is the blessing that comes on those who uh, read the book of Revelation. Uh, and then there is the blessing, the, the second one there is the blessing uh, that comes uh, on those uh, who hear it uh, and believe it. Uh, so there's there's blessing that comes from the Lord, which this is just so incredible to me, uh, from just reading, uh, hearing, uh, and believing the book of Revelation. And we spent a good bit of time at the beginning of the series talking about why uh, that is. Um, but we, as we look at some of the other blessings, we clearly see one of the reasons why it is so blessed to read, to, to hear, uh, to believe this book of Revelation. Um, it, it, it doesn't even say there that you've got to be able to understand it or explain it or connect every dot, which is you know kind of the big excuse that most people give that this is over their head, that it's that it's beyond them. It doesn't it doesn't say that that the blessing comes from all of that. It says that reading it, hearing it, believing it, putting forth the effort is going to bring blessing to uh, your life. So, so throw out all the excuses uh, to not studying or reading or, or investing time in the book of Revelation. Really, the only way, I mean, that's, we don't, we're not able to do or understand anything really until we put effort and time and work into it. You know, when you first sat down in math class, did everything just come to you, or did you have to put in time and effort? You know, did, did we first read at our first try, or did we have to have a teacher and put in effort and time and practice and, and work and study until we could read? That's the way that it is with everything, and I believe that if you put in the time and the effort uh, into the book of Revelation, you'll begin to see, begin to understand, and as I said before, that, that Revelation connects so many dots for us. So that when you begin to understand the book of Revelation, then the many other things in the Bible start to become clear to you and make sense to you. Now, the, the second beatitude that we came to is Revelation 14, 13. I'm not going to read these, but you can you know, write them down and, and, and read them on your own again. And that's, that is the, uh, the blessing on those who die uh, in the Lord and and then there is the Holy Spirit saying, yes, their deeds will follow them. The blessing on those who die in the Lord. And then saying their labor, their work, their effort is worth it. Their deeds will follow them. They're not, gonna be, they're not going to be lost. Uh, so, so that is a, a blessing that is a, a future one. It, it comes in the, it's something that is to come, that it hasn't come to us just yet. It's, it's blessing not here one that is in 
the future. And then the, the next blessing that we came to, beatitude that we came to, is, is the very same way. It's a Revelation 16, 15, and this is where Jesus interrupts the angels pouring out the, the bowls of the wrath of God and, uh, and says, blessed are those, you know, basically he says, hey, I'm coming, remember, behold, like a thief, and blessed are those, just let me paraphrase it, who are ready, blessed are those who are awake, Best, blessed are those who are clothed, blessed are those who are ready when I return. So, so again, we've got a future blessing, the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and that there's a blessing on those of us who are ready on those who will be ready for his return. So very much like uh, uh, fourteen, uh, thirteen, and then there is the the uh, blessing that we uncovered last Sunday in Revelation nineteen nine. That is the blessing of being a part of the wedding supper of the Lamb. So here again is a future blessing that we've not obtained yet, but one that is coming and one that will be a blessing uh, for those of us in the future who have trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior. We've got, the, we've got the blessing of when we die being with Him. We've got the blessing uh, of, of, uh, of, of being raptured when He returns. If, we're, uh, if we're our, our body being raptured and if we are still you know, living, uh, all of us being raptured, and then you've got the blessing of being invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. So, so what we see here uh, in the book of Revelation, which is, I, th- I think, one of the main reasons that God has given us this, uh, we, we see two things. I continue to point these out. We see the, the judgment and wrath of God on the wicked, on, on the world who have denied Jesus, who are anti-God, anti-Christ, uh, anti-His uh, kingdom and His ways, we see the book of Revelation that God has, has, His patience has, and in His timing, He has come to the place where He's pouring out His judgment and His wrath, but we also see the blessing of God upon the righteous. And not only do we see the blessing of God on the righteous, but we see the inheritance that is ours, the inheritance that is for the saints, the inheritance that is for the people of God. Um, so in order to just kind of explain why this is so important, I wanted to read Ephesians uh, 1. I'm, I'm going to read you know, some out of my Bible again and some off the screen. I'm going to read this you know, out of my Bible. Yeah, this, uh, this helps me to cover more Scripture in, uh, in less time because I'm already struggled with being long-winded. I don't, I don't really talk much during the week. I'm kind of quiet. I you know, don't have a lot to say, but, so I let it all out on Sunday mornings. So, so forgive me. Uh, Ephesians 1, verse 15. This is, this is Paul uh, telling the Ephesians about how he prays for them. It's so powerful. He says, for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. And now he says how he prays. I keep asking, I love that, he doesn't stop, he keeps on asking. He keeps, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. So here Paul says he breaks out his prayer request for the church and, and what it is, is that he wants, he wants the church to have a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that they will clearly know God and see Him as much as we can. And, he, and then he wants, he wants us to have the eyes of our hearts opened so that we can see the hope to which we are called. So that we can see the blessedness of being a saint. And then he says, 
that we would also see the riches of his, of, of his glorious inheritance in the saints, that we would be able to lay our eyes and, and see in part the hope that is for the saints, the power that is for the saints, and the inheritance that is for the saints. And this is, this is what we start to get a glimpse of in the book of Revelation that so excites me. It is, it is the inheritance that awaits us. We haven't yet obtained it, but it is ours. It is for us. And if we'll persevere and not give up, and as Jesus says in the letters of the churches, you know, hold on till the end, then we will obtain this inheritance. And the inheritance that we see in the book of Revelation is so beautiful, so valuable, so worth obtaining that we should lay down and give up everything that we can in order to make sure that we lay hold of the blessing, inheritance that God has waiting for us in our future. It it, it reminds me of, of of the story of Jacob and Rachel. You remember when Jacob comes uh, to, to his uncle's house and he sees Rachel and she's so beautiful and he falls in love with her and he, and he is willing to work and serve and labor no matter how long it takes in order to obtain Rachel as his wife. And then in, in seven years, uh, his, his uncle deceives him And he's got to then work another seven years and he does it willingly and it says it was a joy to him and it went by in no time because the work and labor and effort, blood, sweat and tears was worth the reward. And this is true for our inheritance if we'll see it. See, it's not just about escaping the wrath and judgment of the wicked. It's about the inheritance that awaits us and the value and worth of it is is far beyond anything that this world could ever offer us. So 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 we are willing to suffer, labor, strive, bleed, endure, whatever we have to go through in order to obtain the inheritance that God has for us. And, and as we push here into the, into the book of Revelation, uh, we see more and more of the inheritance that is ours, of what God has waiting for the saints. That, that is one of the reasons that should, that should stir inside of us, that makes us want more than anything else, to be the people of God, to be a saint of the Lord God Almighty. Um, again, this, this beatitude, this blessing that we bump into uh, just reveals to us uh, how glorious and wonderful it is to be God's chosen people and, and the inheritance that awaits us. And, uh, and, and we also come across some scriptures that really help us to uh, to uh, gain great clarity on some things that, that can be very confusing to some people. So, Revelation 19, uh, we'll start here at verse 11. Uh, this, is, this is John uh, seeing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ appear. This is so, uh, so awesome and wonderful. I'm going to try to move through this uh, quickly, but it's so difficult for me. Verse 11, he says, I saw heaven standing open, And there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. You remember that we've just come uh, from the celebration of the of the of the system of the world and the and the city of Babylon that represents it being being destroyed and the wedding supper of the Lamb. And now John sees uh, heaven standing open, and there before him is a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. This is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is faithful and true. With justice, He judges and makes war. So He is, he is returning here as judge, and He is a just judge. He is, you know, better to say it maybe this way, He is the just judge. 
and he comes to make war, and he is the mighty warrior. No one can stand against him. Uh, Verse 12, his eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. Verse 14, the armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses, dressed in fine linen, white and clean. So here, you know, if we were to just move back over to 19 for a second, you would see that the, that the church is dressed in fine linen, uh, bright and clean. So here we see the armies of heaven also coming you know, with, with, our, with our king, and that they are riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen uh, that is white and clean. So just, if I could just point out for you some of our inheritance, some of, some of what is to come, is that, is that we who have trusted Jesus now as Lord and Savior and have lived our lives for Him, we are going to be a part of the armies of, of heaven. Hallelujah! It's good because, you know, just don't want to ruin the story for you, but it's the winning army. It's the army that wins. And you don't want to be on the losing side. I mean, you know, we kind of joke about that, but seriously, you don't. We are are included. We are a part of the armies of heaven. And we, you know, I don't know if the angels are included in that or not, possibly, but I, but I, I believe with all my heart that this here speaks of the church, and, and uh, you know, maybe the angels come as well, um, but really not, we're really all just kind of, the way I see it, we just kind of watch as Jesus wins. The armies of heaven were following him, and I love this, I know I've talked about it before, but riding on white horses that, that we get. This is part of our inheritance, part of our reward, that, that we get a white horse, uh, a, a gift to us from our Savior that we are to ride into. I'm excited about that. i got to say, I'm, I'm excited about it. You know, I, I, believe that, I believe that it's custom, custom raised for me, that it's, that it's my white horse made just to carry me. That excites me. You know, that's just my opinion on that, my mind drifting a little. And dressed in fine linen, white and clean. That is exciting to me too, that that we are clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And also, doesn't it make sense that that would be tailored to my size? That it just wouldn't be one size fits all, you know, and for some it would be down and for others it would be tight and, you know, it's, it's God's... God's, He's not like that. In His creativity and, and His awesomeness and His, his uh, ability to, to take millions of us and make us the individuals that we are and to know us all by name and number the hairs of our head, He knows our size and has custom fit our garments for us. It's a wonderful thing to be a saint and to, be, and to have, to have uh, I don't know that custom is the right word, but a custom raised horse raised just for me, and a linen garment custom made to fit me. Amen. This is part of our inheritance. Out of, his, out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God on his robe and on his thigh he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. If you, if you were confused about who this is, now there is just complete clarity that here is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and he is, he is not a king among kings. He is King of Kings, that at this king, every other king's knee shall bow, and every tongue confess, and he is Lord of of lords. He is, not, he is not a lord among lords. He's lord of lords. Verse 17, and I saw an angel standing in the sun who cried in a loud voice to all the birds flying in midair, come gather together for the great supper 
of God, so that you may eat the flesh of kings, generals, and mighty men, of horses and their riders, and the flesh of all people, free and slaves, small and great. Then uh, I saw, verse 19, then I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against the rider on the horse and his army. So here is the, here is the beast and the armies of earth. If you remember um, back, in, back in chapter 16, the, uh, the sixth angel with the bowl pours out his bowl on the great river Euphrates. The river is dried up to make way uh, for, the, for the kings of the earth to come. And then there are three evil spirits that look like frogs that come out of the mouth of the dragon. Satan, out of the mouth of the beast, the Antichrist, and out of the mouth of the, of the false prophet. And they go out into the world to gather the kings of the earth for battle. Now here they are gathered uh, for war, the beast and, and all the you know, kings and the armies of the, uh, of, the, of, the, of the world gathered together for battle. It clearly says here that they are, that they are to making, that they are here to make war against our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and we, his saints, his army. Verse 20, but the beast was captured. And with him the false prophet, who had performed the miraculous signs uh, on his behalf. With these signs, uh, he had deluded those who had received the mark of the beast and worshipped his image. The two of them were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. So we see here the beast and the false prophet uh, captured. Now this will shock the world because they, they believe that that he is, that he is a, that he's a god, and that he is unbeatable, and so they, you know, are willing to stand and fight against Jesus because they believe that they're going to win. But but then, as the beast and the false prophet are uh, are captured, uh, they will realize uh, that uh, that they were mistaken, that they were deceived, and that the antichrist is defeated, and he is gathered with the false prophet and thrown into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. Uh, the rest of them were killed with the sword that came out of the mouth of the rider of the horse and all the birds that the angel in verse 17 had called gorged themselves on their flesh. Uh, so now, now we've got the uh, armies of earth defeated. Uh, the, the beast and the false prophet are, are captured, thrown into the... Uh, to the lake of fire, uh, and then there is the the dragon, the devil that has still not been dealt with, that needs to be uh, dealt with. So you so you get into chapter twenty, uh, chapter twenty, verse verse one. I'll I'll read off the screen here because we start to get into our our blessing scripture in Revelation twenty, uh, verse verse one. Um, this is really great. You gotta you gotta love this. And I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss, and holding in his hand a great chain. He seized the dragon, that ancient serpent who is the devil or Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. So I, I love this, um, not only because it is the, the seizing of the dragon of Satan and binding him for a thousand years, but I love this because because, you know, we, I think, you know, and Satan is an adversary, but we, I think we elevate him more than he needs to be. That here, Jesus just sends an angel. He, he doesn't even have to go himself. Just an angel is sent. And, uh, man, I, I think someday we'll be able to witness this. But I wonder the look on Satan's face as he sees this angel coming with the great chain and uh, and seizing him and binding him, and uh, and and binding him for a thousand years. And then I like how uh, verse three says this: and he threw him into the abyss and locked and sealed it over him. So not only does he he just seizes him and binds him, but then he just slings him into the uh, into the abyss. Um, <laughs> like one would. You know, throw a football or something. 
just slings him down into the abyss, bound for a thousand years, and then, and then it is locked and sealed over him. And because of this, he is kept from deceiving the nations anymore. Um, not able to deceive the nations anymore because he's bound. So we see that, that he has been, up until this time, deceiving the nations. And he's kept from deceiving the nations anymore until the thousand years are ended. After that, he must be set free for a short time. Um, Verse 4, I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony about Jesus and because of the Word of God. They had not, maybe like important to underline that, they had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their foreheads or, or their hands. This is why they had been beheaded, because they had, they had rejected the beast and his system and refused to take his mark. And so they had been beheaded for this and, and for the testimony of Jesus and had not received his mark on their hands. John sees them come to life and reign with Christ a thousand years. So here, here John sees these He sees two different groups here. He sees the thrones on which are seated those who have been given authority to judge. And then he sees the souls of those who have been beheaded because of the testimony of Jesus Christ and the Word of God and and who had not received the the image of the mark of the beast. And and so we we also saw in Revelation uh, 6, when the fifth seal is broken, uh, John saw... Uh, the souls of the martyrs under the throne, and they asked how long until judgment is going to come. And so here again, he sees souls of those uh, who have uh, been who have died because of the cause of Christ, and uh, and and what he's going to see uh, here is not only are these going to come to life and reign with him for a thousand years, but he also sees those uh, who are seated on the thrones, and have been given authority uh, to judge. Uh, so, so then, verse 5, there is this interesting statement right here that says, the rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. And then there's verse 6, our, our blessing, our beatitude, that we come to uh, this morning. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with Him for a thousand years. So, uh, John, John sees the end of the, of the beast and of of the false prophet, and he sees uh, Satan bound uh, for a thousand years, and then he then he sees uh, the, uh, the 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 second part, if you will, of the first uh, resurrection, and uh, and also sees the thousand year reign of Christ and those who will reign with Jesus for a thousand years on uh, this. On this earth, so Jesus is going to, at the end of the tribulation, he is going to uh, resurrect uh, those uh, who uh, who were not raptured, uh, who have died in him during the tribulation, uh, resurrect their bodies. It's a it's the the word there is a bodily resurrection. Their souls are already clearly uh, with the Lord. Uh, bodily resurrection. Uh, this this makes up the first resurrection, and then we will all, uh, for a thousand years, rule and reign with Christ. So so many people get very confused on uh, on the resurrection. Uh, so this gives us a good opportunity to talk about this. Uh, the uh, the coming, the second coming of our Lord and Savior, you know, Jesus Christ, uh, happens in two parts. It happens. 
by the, the, the first part, the rapture of the church. That is, the, that is the, the saints who have put their faith and trust in Jesus, who have died in Christ, or who are living at the time of the rapture, of the, 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 the catching up of the church to meet with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, one of the one of the you know clearest things in Scripture when talking about the second coming of Jesus is the suddenness of it. It's the surprise of it. It is that there's not going to be warning that it's going to that he's going to come like a thief. And he tells us that we are to be ready. We we know that we don't know the time and that we won't know the timing of that event. And there's, there's, you know, there's, there's teaching out there that there are still things that need to happen before that comes to place. That's, you know, in, in my humble opinion, that's incorrect. There is nothing that needs to happen. The rapture of the church could come at any time. He could call us while we're talking right now, or this afternoon, or tomorrow. He could come and rapture His church at any time for us, we need to be ready. And, and if, you, if you just go back to verse 4 for a second there, uh, Scott. We see uh, here, I believe, on these, on these thrones, we see the raptured church. We see those who have been, who have been raptured before the coming, uh, before the coming of uh, the tribulation. And we are with God. We are in our new bodies. The dead in Christ, uh, uh, 1 Thessalonians 4 says that the dead in Christ will rise first. And if we're still alive at the coming, then we will be lifted up and we will together uh, meet with the Lord in the air and forevermore shall we be with Him. Our, 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 our union with the Lord will never come uh, to an end. And, uh, and then we will, be, we will be given thrones that we are seated on to go with our, our white, uh, clean linen robes. And maybe we'll have some place where we can tie up our horse, you know, next to our, next to our throne. Or, you know, probably don't even have to tie them up. You know, they're so made for us that they probably just stay right, right there with us. So whenever we need to, we can ride wherever we need to, to ride. And certainly we'll be able to walk as well. Mm-hmm. If need be, but you can ride if you don't want to. Hallelujah. We are, we are then given thrones and authority. And here we are seen as, as not part of this group that, that is martyred during the tribulation, that put their faith and trust in, tribu- in, the, in the Lord in the tribulation, and thank God for them. But I don't want to be numbered among that group, honestly, to tell you the truth. I don't, I'd like to be numbered among this group that that has a throne that we are seated on and uh, an authority to judge. Now, um, just some scripture to, to back that up for you. Um, I'll, I'll, read, I'll, just, I'll just give them to you and then I'll read one of them here. Uh, Revelation 2, uh, 26 through 27 uh, tells us of this, that, that, we will, that we will rule and reign uh, with Christ and judge uh, with Him. That's one of the... That's one of the um, blessings that comes to that you know, church uh, if they will endure, and then um, and then there's also Ephesians two uh, six through seven. I'll read that. Read Ephesians two six through seven uh, to you. Um, Ephesians one ends uh, by saying that that God raised Christ from the dead and seated Him in the heavenly realms far above all rule and reign, power and dominion, and every every title that can be given uh, in this age and in the one to come, that Jesus is seated above everything. And then, as you roll into Ephesians 2, it says this in verse 6, And God raised us up with Christ, and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. That we are also seated with Christ on thrones of authority to rule and reign with Him. It is a, it is, it is a, a promise that, that is not yet fulfilled, but is coming. 
verse 7. Uh, but, but there is a, a measure of it, and that's another sermon for another day. Verse 7, uh, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus, that God might, God might in the coming ages just pour out the riches of his grace upon us. This is another glimpse of our inheritance that we have in Christ Jesus. So, so you have the, you know, if we go back here to Revelation 20, we have the raptured church that comes before the tribulation. We see them seated on the thrones. And then the, and then the second part of the, back to Revelation 20, then the second part of, of this is seeing the, uh, the resurrection now of the saints uh, who have died during the tribulation, uh, who have uh, been martyred during the tribulation uh, because, of their, because of the testimony of Christ uh, and their refusal to worship the beast or to take uh, His image. And their, and, and their bodies are resurrected and they come to life, the new resurrection body, to rule and reign with Christ for a thousand uh, years and also uh, beyond. Uh, so if you go to back to verse 5 um, we see that we see that then the rest of the dead uh, who have who have died and are not in Christ who have trusted who have not trusted the Lord that their bodies uh, remain in the grave again this is bodies there you, you know that we're more than body we're spirit soul and body this is this is their bodies remain in the grave uh, until the end of the thousand years. And then there is the second uh, resurrection, uh, which, is, which is one that you don't want to be a part of. You want to be a part of the first resurrection that happens at the rapture and then is completed as Jesus returns with the armies of heaven, defeats the Antichrist and the dragon, and then the second part of the first resurrection takes place as the dead, uh, as the, as the, as the dead in Christ from the tribulation uh, rise to, uh, to rule and reign with us uh, for a thousand years. So we can see that this is the first resurrection, and blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them. Hallelujah. You go and read about the second death, and you will be incredibly grateful that you were part of the first resurrection, and that the second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Christ, and will reign with Him for a thousand years, and forevermore will we be with the Lord. So there is, this, there is this blessing that comes from trusting in Jesus, whether you are, whether you are be trusting Him before the tribulation or whether you are trusting Him in the tribulation. But I want to trust Him before the tribulation, that I would be lifted up out of here before any of that stuff takes place and will and will rule and reign with Jesus uh, on my throne, uh, judging uh, with the wisdom that God has given me uh, for a thousand years. I don't know what all that's going to mean, but but that is an exciting inheritance to strive for and live for, to be a priest of God and to uh, and to reign with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for a thousand years. Now. Jesus, interestingly, speaks of this and tells us about the first resurrection and the second, and he tells us how to be a part of the first one. And I think that we probably know, but it's worth, uh, worth going to and reading. That's in John chapter 5. John chapter 5, uh, starting at verse 19. Uh, Jesus has been, um, he's, he's, he's receiving some opposition here because he's been healing people uh, and doing good on the Sabbath day. And so he starts to respond to this. Verse 19, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, oh, oh, oh and he's also not only been 
healing people on the Sabbath, but he's been calling God uh, his father, uh, making himself equal with, with God. So that, you know, that was a big no-no. So Jesus gave them this answer, and, and now they're calling him out on it. So Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows Him all He does. Yes, and He will show Him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. For just as the Father raised, raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to whom He is pleased to give it. That's quite a, quite a statement right there, isn't it? Jesus is saying things right here that if he is not the Son of God, if, if he's not, then he's just crazy. I mean, that's just a crazy statement. If you're not the Son of God, then that's just nuts. So either, either Jesus is the Son of God and he can say stuff like that, or he's just lost his, his mind. And, and he is the Son of God because he proved it, because he died and rose again. He gives life to whom he pleases to give it. Moreover, the Father judges no one, but he has entrusted all judgment to the Son, uh, which you know we saw there in Revelation where Jesus comes uh, as judge, uh, to judge and to make war, as just judge and to make war. Uh, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Very truly, I tell you, Whoever hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. Amen? If we believe in Jesus and we live to bring him glory and honor, and as he follows the Father, we follow him, then we will not be judged. You see, the, the, the second resurrection is the resurrection of the dead who are not in Christ to come to the, to the white throne judgment. And that is not a judgment that we want to be a part of because it means that your name's not written in the Lamb's book of life. We've crossed over from death to life if we have trusted Jesus. Very, very truly, I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear it will live. For as the Father has life in Himself, so He has granted the Son also to have life in Himself. And He has given Him authority to judge, because He is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear His voice and come out. Those who have done what is good will rise to live, and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. And we see there the, the first resurrection and the second. By myself I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. We see the resurrection of the, of the righteous who are in Christ, the first resurrection, and then we see uh, the, the coming after the thousand years in, as, as Revelation 20 ends, uh, the, uh, the resurrection of those who are not uh, in Christ. And the wonderful uh, blessing that it is, as Scripture says, to be a part of the first resurrection. Blessed and holy are those who have part in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with Him for a thousand years and forevermore shall we be with the Lord. Here we see in, 
in John, Jesus saying this to us, and Jesus telling us that, that all that we have to do, well, you know, we come back to it again and again and again, all that we have to do to escape the judgment of God and to be counted among the saints, among the righteous, is to believe in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to put our faith and trust in Him. If, if, if we want the inheritance that is for the saints, we can freely receive it. It's a free gift that is available to us in the time in which we live. And all who will, all who will, can come to Jesus and trust Him and believe in Him and follow Him and live for Him and you will be included in the armies of heaven and rewarded with a white horse and fine linen garments and a throne to sit upon on which you will judge during the thousand year reign of Christ. It is a worthwhile thing not only to escape the judgment, but to step into the blessing. And we live in the wonderful time where we freely can if we will just put our trust in Jesus and make Him our passion and our devotion and our life. And as He follows after the Lord, we, after the Father, we, we follow after Him living, laboring, even if we have to struggle, whatever we have to give up in order to live for Him and keep our eyes fixed on Him and serve Him all the day, all the days of our lives is worth it, is worth it to be counted among the number. Whether I am still alive or in the grave, when that sky splits and the trumpet sounds and the Lord calls, I want to go. I want to be found ready. And, and, uh, and if I'm in the grave, it's just my body that's in the grave. That will be resurrected and transformed. And forevermore shall we reign with the Lord. It's worth it. Whatever we have to do, whatever we have to lay down. But the thing is, we don't really have to do all we have to do is freely come and give our lives to the Lord, put our faith and trust in Jesus, make Him Lord and Savior, and we will be among the blessed who are raptured in the first resurrection and who rule and reign with Christ. Let's pray together. Lord, there are we know possibly difficult days ahead of us, but we also know that there are wonderful blessings ahead of us as well. And I pray right now, Lord Jesus, as Paul prayed in Ephesians, that you'd open the eyes of, of your people to see the hope to which they're called, the glorious inheritance that is that is in the saints and that is for the saints, that we would see our home with you and we would see the wonderful blessing that it is to, to ride with you and be in your army, to be clothed in your garments, to, to be at the wedding supper, to, to rule and reign with you as priest and, and judge and authority. Help us see our inheritance, Lord Jesus. And as, and as Jacob would lay down and give up everything, Lord, and, and labor joyfully to obtain Rachel, let us, let us lay down and give up everything and joyfully labor. Let it be a joy to us, our labor in Christ, uh, to obtain this inheritance that you have for us. I'm not in any way, Lord, Lord, saying that we obtain it by works. Let it be known that we obtain it by putting our faith and trust in you. And we know this. Let us know it down deep inside of our hearts. And let us spend our lives proclaiming it. That is our labor. 
A labor of love, not a, not a labor of obtaining something. Let us, as we see more and more clearly the inheritance and the free gift that it is, let us labor to call all who will to come and drink of the free gift of salvation, the free gift of the water of life. Come and be included among the saints, the people of God. Come and live and reign and rule with Jesus forever and ever. Let us, let us have power to cry and to call all who will to come. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, just ask all of you here and all who are watching online or listening to the podcast, if you've not trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior, Today is the day of salvation. Of salvation. Now is the time. Don't wait. Don't put it off. If today you hear His voice, don't harden your heart. Surrender your life to Jesus. Trust Him as Lord and Savior. And if you'd like to do that, I just ask you to raise your hand. Yes, amen, I see your hand. If anyone is watching online or listening and you just want to raise your hand where you are, just raise your hand as a, as a sign of putting your faith and trust in Jesus. Let's pray together, just everyone just repeating after me. Let's renew our commitment to Jesus, make Him our Savior and our Lord. Lord Jesus, I believe that You are the Son of God that you are life, that you are freedom, that you are salvation. And Jesus, I receive your salvation and your forgiveness. I say that you are my Savior and my Lord. I give you my life. I give you my heart. I will follow after you all of my days. Be Savior in my life. Be Lord of my heart. Be my forever passion. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hey, saints, it's a wonderful thing to live for Jesus. And there are wonderful things, blessings that come to us now and that just get better and better and better. And someday we'll ride together on white horses and mine's going to be faster than yours. God bless. Have a great... No, it's not. <laughs> Miss Margaret said, no, it's not. God bless. Have a great afternoon. Enjoy your Monday off. See you back here next Sunday.